BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and today's guest is Lisa Zaretsky, who is a beautiful, incredible early childhood educator. She has two grown humans herself, and she created something called Play Again, which highlights the incredible learning opportunities children encounter when they play with open-ended, repurposed materials. Lisa is a magical teacher. She was a teacher to my littles when they were babies. And I met some of my closest friends in her class, actually. So I will tell you, I asked Lisa last minute to talk to everyone about staying home with your kids without necessarily a lot of materials and how you can plan to connect, get through the day and come up with interesting ways to use already existing moments and items in your house. Framing how to approach play with your baby and toddler, because we know people are going to be homebound for the foreseeable future. And this is useful forever when you're playing with babies and toddlers. But how can we frame it so that it doesn't feel so prescriptive? And you just have such a beautiful philosophy that I don't even want to talk anymore. You just go. (laughs) Well, thank you. That was a very kind introduction. It's interesting because I always start from a place of who are you, who is your child, and what do you have at your disposal in this very moment? So it could be as varied as I'm sitting in the backseat of a car in traffic on the West Side Highway, what do I have at my disposal? Who am I and what am I comfortable with? And who is my child? What engages my child? What makes her laugh? What actually is uncomfortable? What feels like an opportunity for a connection? Something that not only sort of passes the time, but builds a relationship. And so I think about who you are where you are and what you have. And that could be now, especially in our lives, we are homebound. And some people live in very rural areas. Some people are in apartment buildings. And those can be two entirely different but equally valuable experiences for young children. Um, Not the least of which is simply propping up a child safely and looking out the window together and narrating what you see and bringing into that child's world what you 
find salient, but maybe if the child is verbal, also asking questions. What's outside? What do you see? What's moving? What's sitting still? What's going to grow? What's black? What's purple? What's yellow? Um, And that could, you know, when you're looking out the window in New York City, that's a, a whole mess of answers that's very different from somebody looking out the window in a different part of the world. So I always start with what you have and where you are and who you are. And because your philosophy lends itself really to just thinking about what exactly you have, who you are, where you are, who your child is, if you're looking around your home, what kinds of ideas come to mind and what inspires you to use repurposed items and stay away from store-bought toys and really think about what can we use with the materials that we already have, including ourselves, just like the example. I love that example of looking out the window. You don't need anything else except for your beautiful interaction with your baby. But there are other things that that can lend themselves to those beautiful interactions. How can we find them? What inspires you? Well, I think I've always, always been driven by reusing and recycling and um, repurposing. I just feel that um, it's just a, something we can do for our earth, but it's also something we can give to our children. So I've always wanted to ask children, or actually I should say not ask, but but actively weave in their everyday lives, repurposing something that might be part of their daily life. So when I finish using a cereal box, that box is a reminder that our family enjoys Cheerios. Cheerios are made up of, you know, they come in a box that's yellow and red. It has a C on it. It has E's on it. We can use the box and fill it with something to make a sound for a baby. We can cut the same box up and we can rearrange it in letters and, and, cut out the picture that goes with it. And you could take a picture walk and and do early literacy with it. But also you are not just taking that box and putting it in the recycling bin and saying, bye-bye. It's really a matter of your child seeing and sort of hopefully taking with him or her as she grows up. I don't have to throw this away. I, I can actually use this in a meaningful way. And I think if we do that more and more, then um, we all win. But I think I also feel so strongly that what we do with kids should be relevant to their own young lives and should feel like it might trigger a memory or a conversation or, oh, daddy doesn't like Cheerios. That's right. He likes all checks or I don't even know if that's a thing. All brand checks. I might've combined two cereals, <laughs> but that's a purple box. And, you know, that very recycling of a cereal box actually can create a connection to what a child's parent might like for breakfast. And that's that's a whole conversation um, that I think is valuable. And it, it, so it raises children's awareness about sort of what we use and how much waste we produce, but also who likes what? Why do they like that? Is daddy allergic to this? Does mommy like, you know, does she not like hot coffee? Does she like mm-hmm. cold coffee? Why? You know, everything like, you know, it's it kids find meaningful and want to talk about what they know. And very, very young children's world is quite, you know, the circle is small at first. And as they mature and develop, 
more gets let in and they understand more and you can add more and you could start talking about, well, what's outside your house or what's down the block or what do your neighbors like, or, you know, what, what happens when you drive three blocks away or you walk or you take the subway. But for very, very young children, I like to think about what do they come into contact with every day? So you can think about reusing your wipes container. You can think about if you use cotton balls or cotton swabs, you can use those with your very young child and tickle your baby's cheek or pull the cotton ball and blow it like a feather. And all of these things are, are, are used in a child's daily life and they have meaning and relevance to this very, very, you know, to babies. So this is a time when having things available in print, sending out business cards and pictures and photographs and everything that you can think of to help connect remotely is going to be so important. So when I use Vistaprint, I can hand out business cards online virtually. I can send grandma a booklet of photographs to keep her up to date and feeling connected at a time when we're far apart. And I can even send a mug. So it's really such a wonderful time to take advantage of companies like Vistaprint, who, by the way, use carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. And also your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or your money back. So they'll make it right. There's a real opportunity right now to help figure out how to give people a smile and feel connected to you when they can't be with you. And Vistaprint has a great solution. So go on to www.vistaprint.com for more ideas on how to make beautiful, well-finished, colorful photographs and business cards and mugs and bags and anything you can to source online to make sure that you can share that time with people in your life who you can't necessarily be with. Go online to Vistaprint, choose whatever style, finish, shape, or paper you like and get free shipping because you can pick the colors, the fonts, the designs, the images that you just upload. You don't have to leave the house and you can create something unique and compelling as you are. Ready to get started? It's really easy. For example, if you're making a logo, you just plug your information and logo into fresh designs, hundreds of them tailored to your type of company or brand, or you upload your original layout or pictures. You pick paper stock style and quality that's right for you. And you can even upgrade to a unique touch like rounded corners. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners get free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. Just go to vistaprint.com and enter promo code HUMANS for free shipping on all business cards, any style, any quantity. This is a limited time offer. Own the now at vistaprint.com, promo code HUMANS. So a few things. One, you said that's so important to remember is that their worlds, young children's worlds are so small, that circle's so small. And I want to just highlight that because when people are feeling very anxious about being stuck at home, yes, 
on the other side of that is that is the safest, happiest place for young yes. children. And having a boring, same thing happening every day kind of life is the kind of life that really children thrive, young children really thrive that way. So they're yes. fine. They're, they don't yes. need, you know, wild entertainment the way we might find it pretty mundane. And I don't think mundane is the right word, but certainly not in these times. But being stuck at home doesn't sound so exciting to us. But if we frame it as this is their smaller circle and we're just focused inside of this smaller circle that is their comfort place, we don't have to feel so anxious about what's happening with our young children having to be home. And you know what? I I feel like this is kind of a mantra for me, but I feel like repetition is a gift. Yes. Repetition is a gift for children. And, and I think it's a gift on so many levels. Um, it's comforting. It's reinforcing things they know. It helps with um, predictability. And basically, it's really quite necessary in a way. Yes. Um, not even in a way, it is. <laughs> but being homebound during this time, um, exactly as you said, it just sort of reinforces that there are things you can reuse and gravitate towards that you might find after a while tiresome. But if you think of it as enriching and actually rewarding and meaningful, like all the things that we might go running around, I love museums for kids. I love taking them all over to see things firsthand. But I also think that that's not the only way. They're not going to be missing out if we just shift our mindset. That's right. That This is a time when we can shift our mindset and not worry that they're missing out. That's such a great point. So, and, and we'll get to this after we address one other thing that you said that I thought was, I mean, everything you say is so amazing. By the way, I <laughs> Lisa has heard for many years for me, this is a woman who is the greatest teacher of all time. And just is so, I'm so thrilled that people can hear from you about all of your suggestions because they are so magical. But to watch Lisa with children is truly incredible. So let's just soak it in. Kind coming from you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to talk about your picture walk because what a phenomenal idea. And I wanted to just explain that. And then you mentioned repetition, and I, I wanted to use that opportunity to talk about books. Uh, Lisa has a beautiful Instagram, Play Again Reads, which I'll put in the show notes, but they're just great book suggestions as well. And I wanted to just talk about the repetitive book reading because I think people can get tired of reading the same book over and over. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe you can address that because I'm sure that will come up as well. But sure. first, the picture walks. So, so the picture walk, I always encourage families to notice when their child is reading long before perhaps actually and mechanically the words are being sounded out. But I, for instance, I read in my play again class, I have read, and Elisa, this stems way, this, this goes way back to when your child was in my play again class. And that was many moons ago. I have read the same book at the end of this class for year after year after year and group after group after group. So I'm talking thousands of times. (laughs) And 
one of the things that I notice when a child enrolls in my class and they're enrolled for 12 straight weeks by the third, the fourth, the fifth week, children as young as nine months old are knowing what I'm going to do when I turn the page because I accompany every page with a gesture. So when I say windy, 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 because that's what the words on the page say, I also take the book and create windy, windy, windy in the room. And so everybody feels the wind. And so when I turn the page and I get to that page, children associate an image with what is written on the page. And I really believe that's early literacy. That is, to me, that's partly what I mean by a picture walk is that the pictures speak to the children. And when I'm sometimes starting a book early on with somebody who may not be familiar with it, we might just not read the book. Um, And by somebody, I mean a child who might be two or three, and maybe just take a picture walk and turn the pages and just look at the pictures and just see what might sort of resonate with the child. But when I was talking about a picture walk with the cereal box, it is more about taking something that a child might know and experience in a certain way, and then allowing the child to absorb it or interact with it in a different way. So I believe really fully in a full body experience, particularly with books. So a lot of times what I'll do is take a book and I'll take the dust jacket off and I'll take the dust jacket and I'll put it on the dinner table. And I will suggest for families to use it as a placemat and to have a chat about that book, not even reading the book, not opening the book, but have it present during dinner and having it sort of fuel a conversation about the book. So to me, that's partly taking a picture walk. That's just simply the front cover yielding a conversation. But the picture walk I think you were referring to was about taking a cereal box and cutting it up and creating a picture walk. But I like all the other picture walks. Forgive me. I went on a tangent, but it's more about, so the full body experience comes in where if you take a box of Cheerios and you cut it up into pieces and you put the photo of the cereal near or on the floor, let's say, and then not far from there is the piece of the box that says Cheerios, then you can take a picture walk and you can mix it up with other cereal boxes and you can associate one word with a picture based on what you know from that box, having seen it in the morning on your breakfast table. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I, that that clarified for you what a picture walk is. I think is. it clarifies it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. It's pronounced Osea, and Osea puts your health and the health of our planet first with potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Osea stands for the elements of wellness, ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere. The entire line is built on those four pillars and pulls from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly effective. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral rich bioavailable base. It's so nice to use these great products, take care of your skin, 
We're all sitting at home. It's a great time to use masks and these great products to feel good. And it's also a company founded and run by a family of women inspired by the sea. Osea formulates botanical powered products that have shown proven results for all skin concerns. And it can help reveal and illuminate our natural radiance. Whether you're looking for hydration, oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions, or all of it, every product is sustainably sourced in packages that are non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. So if you want to nourish yourself, take some time to find small pleasures while you're staying away from other people and socially distancing, use Osea to help you feel good, to hydrate, to balance, and to take advantage of some time to yourself. Go to www.oseamalibu.com slash goodhumans. O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U dot com slash goodhumans for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more. And there's free shipping for U.S. orders of $75 or more and free samples with every order. Um, I actually like all the different versions of picture walks. And I think you can expand picture walks to almost any kind of walk that you're taking in the house or around your house. If you're, again, we're definitely focusing today on things that you can do in and around your yes. home. Yes. Because yes. we know people are staying home now. And I'm just thinking about other kinds of walks you can take, which I know that um, you've done many of these, whether they're shapes walks or color walks or yes. object walks. Can you yes. go through some of the different kinds of walks you can do around the house? If they, let's say somebody doesn't, doesn't have the wherewithal to even, somebody's tired and they're like, I can't even cut up a cereal box. This is too yes, much. I totally get that. We, we exhausted the cereal box. Let's move on. <laughs> I, <laughs> basically, you can match the word Cheerio with the picture of Cheerios. Done. Now yes, we'll move on. So, <laughs> done. But yes, one of the things I love doing at a time like this is particularly when children are missing people who they might have had plans to see or maybe can't see because they're older and might be a little more vulnerable like our beloved grandparents. So a picture walk is something really wonderful you can do at home. If you are somebody who still prints pictures and they don't all live in your computer or on your phone, <laughs> I would suggest getting family photos and taking a picture walk with those. And so you can make it as sort of challenging or not as you want. So you can take family photos and you can put them all out and you can say, okay, let's match the people together who live in Philadelphia. Which family members have glasses? Which of these people, or if you're not matching, you can say, okay, who lives in California and has a black dog named Sadie? And, or you can actually, so that's bringing photos of people you love and people who you might be missing and people who you might be calling on the phone, but aren't physically seeing. That's bringing them sort of into your home in a salient, very relatable way for a young child. And then you can make it a little trickier and say, you can either hide things, you know, you can make it a scavenger hunt and hide mm -hmm. things and give a, a set of clues Ooh, to somebody I love that. and you can put 
you know, you could, if you have a, a reader who can read on their own and you make a list, you can say, you know, in the bathroom, there's somebody who, you know, um, really loves spaghetti. And it could be a picture of this child's sister. And so they have to go running and find, and, but in the meanwhile, they're thinking, oh, it's gotta be, oh, wait a second. That's gotta be Sophie, or it could be my brother, John. And it, you know, and they have to run and, and in the tub, they open the, the shower curtain and in the tub are pictures of two people and they have to decide one person likes spaghetti, one person doesn't. And so then they run back with the picture. And what that's done is that give, that's given your child a time to focus on family, time to think about what they might, might like, and also a way to use their bodies. So um, they can do that for you. You can also take, you know, photos and you can, uh, you can shake them up in a paper bag and you could reach your hand in and you could pull one out and the person is not able to look, but you could say, I have in my hand somebody with blonde oh, yeah. hair, somebody who's over the age of such and such, you know, and, and depending on the age of the child you're playing with this, you would adapt the game. So mm-hmm. if it's a baby, I would just hand the baby the bag of photos and let a baby pull them out and let a baby take the photos in one hand, shake the bag, put them in something else. Babies love to transfer things. And it's really just about narrating. Oh, that's grandpa. Oh yeah, we love him. Doesn't he love to give you, he takes you for walks and you you put your toes in the sand and you find shells. And then when you come back, you guys always have, you know, and this could be a nine month old. I mean, it doesn't have to be somebody who offers conversation other than absorbing it and appreciating Mm -hmm. it and listening and um, engaging. Another thing that you could do at home that isn't about family photos, but it's about lining things up and using what you have is creating patterns with produce, let's say. You can use, I'm really switching gears, but let's say you have a bowl of lemons or limes and Uh you you could create a game where you line up all the produce you have won't get wasted because the skin is not going to, you know, get penetrated and it can still be used. So I, I'm very mindful of that. I don't like to waste food, but you can make a line from one room to another using only, you know, lemons and limes, or you can do lemon, lime, lemon, lime, lemon, lime, lemon, lime, and it's a pattern, or you can find things in your home that might match the red apple that you have in the bowl or the very bright orange that you have in the bowl. So you could go around and hold the apple and go look for things. Is that red? And have them, depending on their age. Right. We should say. Right. But I also, with babies, I think it's wonderful to take, um, a, a, let's say you did have an orange and a lemon and a lime, you had all citrus Uh and you just pierced the skin so that there was a scent that emanated Mm. from it. And I really appreciate and think babies are entitled to engaging with and experiencing sort of holding the things that we get to hold. When we pick up an orange and we peel it, um, it has a certain smell. It, it sometimes the juice squirts. So it, you know, it it drips. It's a beautiful color. I would start peeling an orange and give it to a baby, give it to a toddler, give it to a two year old. Let a three year old finish peeling it. Um, those are the kinds of things that I think. Or I would give a big bowl of produce that you you know might present on the floor 
to a baby and uh, a big spoon um, and and see sort of if if a baby or a toddler might want to just mix it or or try to lift it or pour it out and then perhaps hide it under something and where did it go and it's these are things that um, I think it's because children at such a young age pay such close attention, these things are meaningful to them. When you're, when you're making tuna salad or your homemade dressing and you're cutting and squeezing a lemon and your baby is in the kitchen, that piece of produce is part of that baby's experience, whether you're realizing it or not. So I like to make that accessible to a baby on, in a baby's world in, it, in a way that can be you know interacted with comfortably. What I love is the reminder that we that we all need to look at the world through the eyes of a baby where we might just peel the orange and quickly be rushing through to peel the orange to get it ready to give it to our child. But actually every moment of that from the smell and the texture and the juices squirting out is really an experience. And if you remind yourself as you're going through your day-to-day interactions, how each one of those is so new for your kids, they'll benefit both from your new attitude, unless you've already had that attitude, Mm -hmm. and then that's so wonderful. And from getting the experience of that taste, that texture, that smell, that sound, and that we can slow down because these things that everybody's trying to figure out how to do, or these activities that we want to get done to make the day so meaningful, it's not really about checking a list. It's really making those already existing interactions real for yourself. Because of course right. they are for they are for the babies. We can just expand them and extend them and make sure that we're narrating them and that we're interacting. And if our if our babies have something to say, that we hear them, even if they don't sound like specific words or recognizable words. Right. Um, so I love that. Just because there are moments, especially when you're stressed out or if you're preparing a meal, that you don't even think of it as not even a to-do that's something that's with your kids. So like the, you know, putting lemons and limes in a different pattern is one thing and fantastic. But there's this whole other thing of just peeling the, the maybe you wouldn't be peeling the lemon, but peeling the orange and what that yeah. opportunity is for interaction. Or even holding the lemon. Or, um, right. You know, you, right. Right. And we you know, don't not- like holding it before you start to do anything with it. So they get that there, they get that privilege as well. You're right. Right. Exactly. And, and I think what might be on a lot of people's minds right now is sibling interactions and how to um, sort of comfortably meet such a range of ages needs um, and desires and wants. And, and, um, and I think all of the things I mentioned from (laughs) the beloved cereal box (laughs) to, to produce, to family photos, actually, um, each of those materials, unlike perhaps a very small Lego or a puzzle that's challenging mm-hmm. or a very, very precious doll or that one lovey, those things might be hard to share. They might not cross over as readily as all of the things that I mentioned that you have access to. You know, from a seven-year-old to a one-year-old mm-hmm. to a five-year-old, to a nine-month-old, um, each of 
these items that we use on a day in and day out basis can actually be repurposed and sort of thought about through the lens of each of those ages. Love um, that. And it really unites everybody too. Like this is not necessarily a familiar experience for most of us, but in this current climate and in this sort of um, mandated staying home and so many people are maybe struggling or trying to figure out how to meet such a variety of ages needs. But I think that something as simple as a bed sheet could be such a unifier. It is, it's something that um, I've shared before because it's something we probably, I mean, a lot of the things that I think about are, are these things accessible? Are they so we don't want them to be valuable and irreplaceable? Um, we want them to be cleanable. We want them to be familiar. We want them to be open-ended, open-ended, open-ended so that every child can bring sort of an idea to the table. But some of my ideas with the bed sheet are that a baby can go under and you can lift the sheet up and down and play peekaboo. And a big kid can do that for a little kid. An older child can pull out a younger child like a choo-choo oh. <laughs> on a sheet with proper help on all sides. The sheet can be used like a hammock and the, somebody can go in the center and three or four people can hold the sheet and rock side to side, which is so soothing and so comforting and also just really nice um, yeah. to, to be rocked. I'd like that. Uh, <laughs> you can also pull a sheet, you know, everybody from, you know, like I said, a 10 year old to a one year old can hold the side of a sheet and you can toss in some cotton balls or some shredded paper and go ready, set, shake. And you know, everything just goes up in the air. Um, and so that's a communal group, joyful activity and nobody's clamoring for the one special thing. Uh, it's, it's everything you're on an, on a level playing field. I like that. So to go back to the books, because yeah. I'm mindful of your time, but also really want to soak more of you in. When you will you just talk about again reading the same books and the comfort that you bring? And I was thinking about the book that the last book that you read, the same book for the end of your classes. Yeah. And I was thinking, I don't suppose you have that book on you, do you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Darn it. Um, I was thinking, oh, maybe Lisa can read one of her books. Um, well, actually, it's funny you say that because uh -huh. I am going to read it and I am going to read it for all my... all babies. Uh -huh. Exactly. All my friends, all my work friends um, who, you know, all the little kids who I am not in class with currently and I can't conclude every, you know, every play again group with this book. So I'm going to read it and share it and post it. I love Instagram. that. You're going to do it on your Instagram? Yes. Okay. Yes. I love that. I'll put it on the show notes so they can get some taste of it or so people can find Lisa because it's really special. So I was going to say about books too. If you, if people want another thing that, um, again, these same repurposed materials that you have can often be used to extend a reading experience. So if, if you're, reading with a child, you can either provide for a baby who can't necessarily request, or you can actually ask a child, when you close a book and you finish the story, talk about it a little bit, revisit the narratives, the characters, the colors, were there any textures, were there any 
components to this story that we could think further about. And then you can provide essentially a book play experience based on that and using materials that you might already have. So um, it doesn't have to be messy. It doesn't have to be something you have to set up like a craft. There is no product at the end. It's really about the book living beyond the pages. So if you're reading Little Cloud, you could put your baby in on the floor with just a lot of cotton balls and it just feels and it's just white and it's just fluffy and it's just about feeling that on their skin but you could one of my favorites and I've shared recently is called I am blop and blop is written this book is called I am blop it's written by Hervé Toulet who wrote um press here and mix it up. Yeah. So a really wonderful author. And what I love about I Am Blop is it's so amorphous. It's really, if you read the book, it's extraordinary. It's gorgeous. It has, you know, so many artistic elements and graphic design, just ingenuity, but it also allows for your children to interpret that any way they want. Like I Am Blop, what does that mean? And when you close the book, how can we invite that idea? What is blop? What feels like blop? What looks like blop? You know, is is blop an exchange we're going to have? Is it a silly word? Is it? And you can find ways to, I think, revisit that after the fact. Um, it could be as simple, honestly, as taking shaving cream and throwing blops of it all throughout the tub and just blopping it up. <laughs> I love it. So extending books is a, another great uh idea for keeping these days going mm-hmm. and these are all beautiful things for any day even when you're not actually supposed to be staying home but for now it's really helpful and i'm sure if i had to guess you have other ideas that you're posting and writing about so people can find you yes, right very much so yes i am <laughs> i know you're 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 100% right i do this anyway um and have been doing it for years and years, but I realize now more than ever, people are really appreciating just having something to, to refer to. So I have, I have been, um, sharing many, many ideas in my Instagram feed and I've been storing them in a highlight called stuck at home. And so the stories that I'm posting are being saved there. And then I'm also posting, you know, on my grid, you know, five things you can do in the kitchen or um, three ways to keep your body moving. Um, And these are all with things. I just want to go back to what we said at the beginning, which is it's so important to me that people don't feel like they have to buy anything. They don't have to have what I'm even suggesting, it's much more of, of, a, of this is about, I just want to provide a springboard. I just want people to look at what they have, think about what excites their children. What is their child? You know, maybe their child wants to throw things all day. Maybe their child wants to hide. Maybe their child never wants to stop running. Maybe their child likes to be under things. So just go, go in through that and see, you know, turn your table upside down. Our world feels like it's turned upside down. So I don't think it's so strange to look at things maybe a little differently than you would, you know, create, definitely take your cushions off your couch and jump, do things that meet your children's needs and where your children are right now at this point in time. And now for listener Q&A. Hi, Dr. Aliza. 
like most people, I know I'm going to be home for a long time and working from home while having my kids at home is kind of tough. Any suggestions that you have would be great. I hear you. And I think we're all trying to sort out the best way to get through this very strange time. And this advice goes for anybody who's working from home. If your kids are home and they're young, it's really important to establish clear daily routines and they love it. And then they know what to expect. And you can even set the day up in the morning at breakfast and remind them what to expect and go over the plan of the day. And then you can also let them know you're going to have a schedule and you can write out your schedule and write out their schedule. If they're preliterate, then you can do pictures and they can know when mommy's available and when mommy's not available because there are going to be times that they're going to have to not you know, have your full attention if you're working, even though you're right there, which can get confusing. One thing you can also do is put a little box of toys that are quiet toys near where you're working and you can invite them to be there if they can be super, super quiet. And if they can't be super quiet, that's not the spot they're going to be in. And then when you are with them, let them know that that time is sacred and that you're not going to interrupt that time. Now, that's really tricky, especially in these uncertain times. We don't really know what's going on with work. So you can do the best you can. But just keep in mind, this is uncharted territory. So all we can do is look to historically what's worked for us, working from home and what's comfortable for kids and do the best we can. And know that your kids just need to be safe, have boundaries, feel loved, feel supported, and they will adapt and adjust to the situation that they're in. The next question is, how much time is too much time on screens? But really, you know, this is a tricky question right now because I don't want to sound judgmental, but I would say, and I don't mean judgmental like I'm judging you, but judgmental about screens in general, given that we are really grateful for screens right now at a time when people need to be able to communicate without seeing each other. So I would say for young children, we know that before the age of two, ideally you want no screen time. And the exception for that is allowing FaceTime with grandparents and loved ones that you can't be around. For over the age of two, the American Academy of Pediatrics says two hours a day is fine, up to two hours a day. How you spread that out is really going to depend on your child's temperament. You will notice that some kids just cannot handle that much screen time and some kids do just fine. If you're finding that they're having tantrums or that they're not able to stop, then pull back a bit. With older kids, you need to talk to them about what works for them and what their expectations are. But you might say just to schedule the days that this stays like normal from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. is we're going to pretend it's like a school day in the sense that you wouldn't have screens after that. It's a free-for-all. You might say, listen, why don't you propose what you think is an appropriate amount of screen time and when, and let's work together to come up with something that is reasonable, especially if they aren't in school right now, but they are 
supposed to be in school. That's kind of different than if it's spring break time. So these are going to be things to sort out. As your kids get older and you can start to watch things with them, try to make screen time family time and fun. And you know you can learn a lot about each other on, during screen time. You can answer questions and ask questions and start conversations. So even if it was something that was inappropriate that you didn't expect to be watching with your kids, but you've just been overly flexible these last few days uh, or weeks, let that be an opportunity to have really cool conversations that you wouldn't have normally talked about. I was telling somebody I was watching something with my daughter that really brought up a few difficult topics because it was a it was a hospital drama. I'm not proud, but it was just like basically watching a soap opera with my 13-year-old. But you know what? There were so many topics that came up that we've never talked about before. Like we've really never talked about whether I'm an organ donor and what that means. And now we had the opportunity to. So there is a way to make anything a connection. It's just thinking through how you can make the most of this strange experience and engage your kids in different ways. But most of all, go easy on yourself. If you're resorting to screen time, these are tricky days. People are just getting the hang of how to do this all together from home. And our kids are going to do great. They're going to get probably a little bit more screen time and junk food than you had ever hoped for in the short term. You need to be calm and take care of yourself. And if you need to throw in a little extra screen time or some sugared cereal, they will be okay. Ideally, we would love to make sure that they had all the same resources that they usually have and that we were available to make a perfect, incredibly engaging, interactive experience for them all day, every day. But realistically, no one's going to be able to pull that off. And um, I don't want anyone to be too hard on themselves in the process. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and write a little review. And I will hope for everyone to have a good week and stay healthy and help keep others healthy. Thank you.